0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the second hour of the Live with Me Frank show. Appreciate you tuning in. I will uh, stop with the phone calls for a second here, or you guys could line up if you would like to talk about things we're uh, discussing today. And online with us now is, as I promised in the beginning of the show, Kevin Rinky. Kevin Rinky is one of the uh, many Republicans right now running in the primary. In the gubernatorial race, we've spoken to him before. He asked to come on today to talk to you guys about the issues that are occurring out there and what his thoughts on it. So you get an idea of where he's at on these issues or how he would react if you guys were to uh, bless him with the win in the Republican primary and then the general election. So let's go to the phone lines and welcome Kevin Rinky to the show. Good morning, Kevin. Welcome. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, Good my, to hear you. My pleasure. I know you guys first, uh, you, you wanted to talk about, you contacted me about this term limit issue that Jace Bolger, former Speaker of the House, and who's a Republican, and, and uh, Mayor Dugan, who's a Republican, a Democrat, excuse me, Mayor of uh, Detroit, are, uh, are pushing. So why don't we start, for, uh, first start with that. Well,
1: I I take exception to how they have presented their proposal. And what they're trying to do traditionally would require a ballot initiative that requires several hundred thousand people to sign a petition in agreement to allow the uh, decision on term limits to be put on the ballot. In this particular instance, they are trying to go to the legislature with an inducement that allows the existing legislators to get additional time to serve in the legislature. And I find that disingenuous. As a candidate for governor, the rules state that I have to go out and get signatures to be considered to be put on the ballot. And all I'm asking is that the legislators... Follow the process that they've created and go to the people and allow them to determine if they want to revisit a constitutional amendment that would change term limits in Michigan.
0: So is that why you're saying it needs to go to the people because it's dealing with a constitutional amendment as opposed to just regular uh, normal course of business when it comes to the legislature creating laws? Absolutely, and due to that, you believe that it should be a petition, a, a ballot issue. And I'm going to have Jace on the show Tuesday morning. He's calling in, and I can certainly bring that up with him. I hopefully I remember that after the show today. Uh, but yeah, his response is going
1: to be: if it gets on the ballot, ultimately the people are going to have a chance to vote on it, and that's disingenuous as well. The process states that you have to acquire the signatures. And, and this is political pandering, and they threw in a transparency clause, which is even more laughable, but we can talk about that. If you want to know where I stand on transparency, go on my website, because I want to eliminate the FOIA protections that currently exist for the legislature and the governor in Michigan. And, and I'll it, do that the day that I'm elected.
0: And th- but, but that's part uh, of this bill, though, or what they want to be in the bill?
1: Oh, look very closely at that bill, right? Look very, very closely. Actually, what their transparency clause allows for is the federal government to control transparency regulations. There's three different laws that it references. One has not been passed yet, but the other one gives control to the federal government, and I want to protect our republic hey, if we're going to have transparency rules, let Michigan and Michiganders decide it and keep the federal government out of our business whenever we can.
0: So it has nothing to do with a state law, nothing in that proposal? It's
1: in conjunction with a state law, but the federal government would have the authority, the way it's proposed, to circumvent the state if they chose to.
0: All right, I'll have to look back into that. So, okay, I appreciate uh, your thoughts on that. I also saw that you have a concern about the Economic Development Fund. I think it's the one that they just voted to give $666.1 million to GM. Is that the one you were talking about?
1: Yeah, I I took exception. I I want to congratulate Mary Barra and her team from GM for out-negotiating our governor, and the folks on the Economic Development Fund, I'm going to tell you that I've never seen GM make a decision in two weeks in my life, and I've worked with them and my family's worked with them for well over 100 years. I propose that the decision to bring that business to Lansing was concluded months, if not years ago, and they continue to negotiate as they should in representing their company. But the governor needed a win because she had lost the Ford battery plant, Ford Romeo is closing. They missed out on a huge technological development that ended up in Ohio. And she was willing to use the people's money to try and take credit for a win. And she gave away $888 million. It's now been reduced because GM has changed what they are proposing slightly. And um, she wants to take credit for her group doing such a great job. And I think that's laughable. Well, as I pointed out this morning,
0: according to the state's own numbers, it's supposed to bring 3,200 to 4,000 jobs. I split it down the middle at 3,600 jobs. You divide 3,600 jobs into 666.1 million, you get about 185,000 jobs they're paying GM. Uh, $185,000 $185, per, per job, job yeah. to bring to the, the company, to bring to the state. It, that's if, that's if they bring in 3200 Now, they may bring in more, they may bring in less. I don't remember uh, if there are triggers on whether uh, money gets pulled back or not given to them, depending on how many jobs they create. I I believe there is. Uh, But I wouldn't put it past them. Not I just don't remember after I I report on so many things. So that's one hundred and eighty five thousand dollars per job. How long would it take someone working in that job that wouldn't have been there before to fund back via their taxes? They pay one hundred and eighty five thousand dollars to our government before they even start actually contributing money to running the state. Because each job now is one hundred and eighty five thousand dollars in a hole.
1: Well, I, I'd respond in, in, in jest, like a Tootsie Roll, it would take a long time, right?
0: Right, right. That's just A did. long
1: time. And by the way, our state is notorious, our government is notorious for giving incentives and then never holding the entities accountable. Let's face it. The game is blow up the number and make it look big, make all sorts of promises. But if you don't have teeth in those incentives and go back and hold people accountable it's the wrong thing to do right and the m e d c has a record, a proven history of not holding people accountable.
0: Well, if I remember correctly, the Mackinac Center for Public Policy has been on this for a long time and did some study a few years ago, and I think four two or four percent of these this is how many jobs we're going to bring to the state uh actually came true so we'll we'll see where that goes uh. What are your thoughts on what's hurting people the most today, which is inflation? And uh, if you haven't had a chance to, uh, I would certainly look at uh, this piece I wrote this morning, what Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib said about inflation, uh, as well as the audio of her or video of her in it saying it. But what is harming all of us today, all of us, unless you make a lot of money, is Every time we walk into a grocery store or any store to buy anything, it's through the roof. Every week, it seems like it's going up. And now we're dealing with not only the run up on gas prior to the invasion into Ukraine last week or what was it? We're on day 10 or 11 or 12, something like that. But also uh, that. So every time we're going to the gas station, I'm just wondering why people I don't see more people who voted for. Uh, the Democrats aren't doing high fives to each other when they see, yes, yes, we got it. We did it. We did it. We raised the price of gas. You know, I don't understand why they're not doing more of that. But what are your thoughts on that, as well as the vote that came down yesterday in which 43 out of 51 Democrats voted no to help Michiganders and suspend the uh, 27.2 cents per gallon gas tax?
1: Well, my thoughts are this that it shows that the Democrats have a disregard for the people that they were elected to represent. I believe that in this particular instance, we have record revenue and dollars sitting in Lansing. And instead of throwing them at pet projects or expanding government, how about we use some of that money to give back to the people that elected you and protect them? Cost of living and inflation is at some of the highest levels we've seen in my lifetime, 61 years. And it is hurting the people of Michigan, many of which can't afford to go to work because of fuel costs, can't afford to feed their families because of the food increases, can't afford to heat their homes because of the cost of heating oils and natural gas, all because of direct indirect actions taken by Joe Biden and this governor. Make no mistake, this governor is equally as responsible as Joe Biden, as they have led this country into what currently appears to be a looming economic disaster. Michigan ranks in the 40th or 41st or 42nd percentile for economies during COVID and post-COVID. And we are falling fast. The only state in the country doing worse than Michigan is Louisiana. And the people of Michigan need to know it. And the governor can't hide behind the fact that she's responsible for the decision she made and how it's impacting her people.
0: We're going to take a quick break. Come back on the other side. I get a couple more questions for you. Appreciate you holding on. you listen to Live with Rank. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Live with Rank. Don't you feel that way? These politicians are catching the uh, Katie and giving us mules to ride. Literally, mules. When they, aren't they in the donkey family? Yeah, something like that, I believe. On air with us is Kevin Rinke. He is one of the many people running for governor in the Republican primary he wanted to come on air to talk to you guys about the issues that are occurring today and you guys then will be able to get an, a sense an idea of how he would govern uh, good morning and welcome back to the live with rank show uh, Kevin appreciate it you have been traveling around the state uh, it's my understanding what's give us an update on uh, the race? Uh, Where you feel it's at today, what are you hearing on the road, Uh, the fact that there's so many of you, uh, is that uh, creating any type of, uh, for lack of a better term, confusion with the voters out there? Is it too early uh, for people to start taking this seriously? Uh, We put in rank
1: just under 9,000 miles last month and never left the state talking to people, uh, doing presentations about the seven principles that I'm going to run on, and they're listed on my website. Uh, they're common sense principles, and they were developed by my interaction with the people around the state. Um, so in that regard, uh, it, it's interesting because it makes sense to the people when we talk about them, and there's they're, they're feeling comfort that if I were their governor, I would represent them on issues that are important to them and that can be bipartisan in nature because the governor's role is to run the business of the state. And I believe that Democrats and Republicans agree on about 90 percent of the items that they expect from government. And there's an opportunity for me to do good things for the people of Michigan if I don't get caught up in the politics of Michigan, which are the other 10%. So in that regard, things on the campaign trail are going great. Uh, Being one of, I think, 189 candidates on the Republican side, and that's meant to be funny. Right. There are 12 currently. uh, That'll play out. That's not uncommon. Um, You're going to have the ballot signature requirements and uh, I I suspect that a significant number of the candidates currently in the race will not meet those requirements and and I applaud them for their effort and um, for their patriotic actions and desires but um, again the process is you have to get the signatures and if you don't you can't be on the ballot so that'll narrow itself down to four or five which is pretty common, I think.
0: All Um, right. So where can people find out more information? You mentioned your website twice in this interview, but never gave us that website. So what is that? Yeah.
1: Uh, it's, uh, Rinky for Michigan. Um, you, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on the internet, uh, Kevin Rinky for governor. Uh, there are a whole bunch of, uh, URLs that'll pull you to the website. And, um, I, I hope that people, uh, take the time to look. Uh, We are laying out policy, uh, economic policy for the state. We are laying out, uh, again, our seven principles, and uh, they were created by the people of Michigan, and they make a hell of a lot of sense, and they would make our state a better place to be, and they will be implemented uh, when I'm elected governor.
0: All right. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate you calling in.
1: Right, great talking to you. Uh, hope we can talk again soon.
0: We shall, you have a great day. That was Kevin Rinke, R-I-N-K-E. So Rinke for governor, R-I-N-K-E. You can check him out, uh, his website and see what he stands for. And as well as what his, uh, as you just heard, how he would, or his thoughts on the current issues of the day. And, and that's why I do it. Yes, are these issues different than what he would face if he's governor next year? Maybe, possibly, uh, but you're getting an idea, a sense of where he stands on that, just as any of the others uh, when they come on air to talk to you guys. uh, Same thing. 269-441-9595, if you have a thought about what we're talking about today. I'd love to hear from you. I wanted to uh, make clear, because uh, I I didn't bring it up earlier, and I should have, because I just saw a... uh, press release by a state representative Jim Hosma, from the Battle Creek area that reminded me of it so i had to go back and find oh where did i put it well now i got to find it again i know where it is though that of the as i said to you earlier this morning i think the big news is that governor whitmer signed a letter asking the federal government to suspend their gas tax of 18 cents a gallon here in the in all across the country, but in Michigan, it would be 18 cents to help us deal with this huge increase. Yet she refused to suspend our, or even suggest that we suspend our, asked the legislature to suspend our tax of 27.2 cents, for so quite a bit more than the federal. And people are surprised about that. They're asking why, why she wouldn't do that. Well, I said, why are you surprised that happened during COVID and the unemployment? 600 a month, uh, 600 a week, extra federal bump. People on unemployment were making a $1,000 almost a week here in Michigan. 600 from Donald Trump, 362 from the state. Whitmer, if you want to uh, uh, be fair. Actually, no, I take that back. It isn't Whitmer. That was just part of the regular... Actual Michigan uh, unemployment fund, so it was six hundred dollars from Donald Trump, zero from Whitmer. At the point things started getting better, and Trump said and the Republicans said, "Well, let's do three hundred. Let's cut it down to three hundred because everybody who owned businesses were saying we can't hire these people. They're making more money sitting at home, sleeping in, watching their TV shows, doing whatever they're doing than they are working for us." So that's when the Republicans and Trump agreed. To reduce it to 300, and he asked all of the governors to bump in something. If you want, if you believe it needs to be 600, bump in another 300 or bump in 100. I think at the time he asked them to bump in 100. Governor Whitmer wouldn't give you one cent of your unemployment, not one cent. She said no. So, why are you surprised that she's going to ask the federal government to suspend their gas tax, but not Michigan's? So the Republicans, who truly do care about people, at least through their voting, sat there and said, All right, we'll do it. And they passed a bill yesterday. And that bill passed 16. 16 where did I put that? Here I come. Hold on. No. Yeah, here it is. It passed. 63 to 39. The bill said we're going to suspend our state gas tax of 27.2 cents per gallon for the next six months or some period of time. To help with this huge jump in increase in gas price. In the House, there's 110 House seats. 55 are Republicans, 51 are Democrats, four are vacant seats. Every Republican voted to help you out and suspend that gas tax. 43 out of 51 Democrats voted to not help you out and suspend the gas tax. Of the eight Democrats who voted with the Republicans, one was, and he's in my listening area, so I want to point it out, Jim Hosma of Battle Creek. So here are the eight Democrats who voted with Republicans. It's Cam Benzie of Marquette, is at uh, Calamere of Brownstone Township, Garza of Taylor, Sabo of Muskegon, Hertel of St. Clair Shores. This is not Curtis Hertel, that's the Senate, this is the House. LeGrand of Grand Rapids, Tandari of Detroit, and Hosma of Battle Creek, and Whitwer of Delta Township. So I want to make it known that he did vote oh, to suspend it which also could mean he thinks he's going to have a tough race coming up this fall because that always happens on each side 269 lines are open you're listening to live with rank and we'll be right back after this good morning ladies and gentlemen yeah just a little spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down it depends who wants to give you that help and who doesn't want to give you that help I earlier was talking about that piece I wrote titled, Where Does Michigan's Own Representative Rashida Talib Think Inflation Comes From? It is a hoot. Michael wrote, quote, Obviously, she has zero intelligence when it comes to inflation. Our economy revolves around goods and services. These areas have been under attack by the current administration. In this environment, businesses can increase their prices and consequently wholesalers can increase prices while a shortage of an essential commodity like oil can cause inflation. So can an increase in costs related to a commodity suddenly becoming more expensive because of government regulations. The net result of the cycle of expansion is higher prices. A target and annual inflation rate of around 2% is what the federal reserve aims for because it indicates a growing economy. She has no business being in our political system, as it's clear she's not capable of understanding how our system works. You get what you vote for. Yeah, I've often wondered, is that the people who are in her district? And by the way, the new numbers came out, 7.9%. Inflation now is almost touching 8%. Quite frankly, I'm surprised it's only 7.9%. I have to be honest with you. I thought it would be over 8. But it is not good. And by the way, I don't think the recent increase in oil prices is, um, is part of this. They say that... Inflation rose 0.7% last month or 7.8% on an annual basis. I, I'm i almost positive, and I had the numbers in front of me, and I, so I, I am positive it was 7.5%. Yes, that's compared to January's increase of 0.6% or 7.5% year over. So that's what I was telling you was 7.5%. Then why does CNBC report that inflation rose 07 Last month or 7.8% on an annual basis. Possibly it has to do with uh, the numbers and 7.7 real for the month. And over a year, it would translate to only a 0.04% increase or 0.4% increase. If you get what I'm trying to say. I'm looking at 7.8 minus 7 is 7.1. We were at 7.5% last month. So it has something to do with the numbers. So it's even worse than we thought. It's not just an increase of 0.4%. That's annualized. Prices rose almost 1% last month. And who believes that? This is what I mean. I don't believe these government numbers. Or they're not tapping into the right sources. Have any of you seen prices only go up less than 1% on average? I've never seen anything go up less than 1% on average over the last month. I've seen it going up, gone up quite a bit. Or at least from February. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. The month of February. It's not just 0.7%, less than 1%. Nothing goes up less than 1%. So I, I don't know. Maybe... Dr. Gary Wolfram, who will be on the show at the top of the next hour, can help us better understand that. The Mackinac Center for Public Policy put out an interesting piece. And again, proves two things. The amount of money in education is humongous. In the public corporate world of education is humongous. It's just a lot. And the games that these uh, media play and how they outright lie to you when they say they're the harbors of truth. Here, the Gander Newsroom is one of the many new media organizations that have a noticeable political bias. The Gander is owned by Courier, uh, Courier Newsroom, which says, now listen to this, it says its mission is to do credible fact-based journalism. That's a quote. Courier Newsroom says its mission is to, quote, do credible fact-based journalism, end quote. Courier owns Gander Newsroom. Courier Newsroom says, quote, the media ecosystem in our country has changed and has led to rampant disinformation that has influenced millions of people, causing widespread distrust in our democratic institutions, end quote. Okay, so you got that. No way would Courier News be involved with anybody spreading disinformation from their news organization. On February 23rd, their news organization published an article. A Los Angeles-based writer wrote about Michigan. And he claimed a teacher in the Dearborn Public Schools had continued to work, quote, despite years of budget cuts and inequitable funding, end quote. The article quotes a Dearborn teacher saying that the state's public education system is, quote, in desperate need of more funding, not less, in order to meet the needs of the 90% of Michigan students who attend public schools, end quote. So the people who are making gobs of money Once they're into the profession for a few years. Making hazard pay. For sitting at home. For bringing all of this horrible, horrible trauma. To our kids. From both a physical. A mental and emotional aspect. Is complaining they need more money. Now. The Courier Newsroom repeats teachers' unions' talking points by saying, "Quote: A coalition of right-wing politicians, donors, and activists are exploiting real issues surrounding students' mental health, an exodus of teachers from the workforce, and educational inequities in to decimate Michigan's public schools." End quote. Now, remember, they say they'll do have nothing to do with people spreading disinformation. You ready? State funding for Dearborn Public School District increased from $121.6 million in 2009-10 to $192 million in 2021-22. And that figure, neither figure, they say, includes local or federal money. That's just state money. So the group, That says, quote, the media ecosystem in our country has changed and has led to rampant disinformation that has influenced millions of people causing widespread distrust in our democratic institutions, end quote. Then puts out a report or an article completely lying, spreading disinformation, saying that money has uh, budget cuts, years of budget cuts, when in 11 years... Dearborn went from $121 million to $192 million in funding. When adjusted for inflation, that translates to an additional $957 per, pu- per-, per pupil. So how is that, quote, years of budget cuts in, ec- in-, in equitable funding, end quote? On top of it, Dearborn got $140 million in COVID slush funds. Talk about disinformation. The group that says it's always the ones, it's like they're Democrats. That's what they are. They'll always deflect by saying you're doing it. We got to say they're doing it before they find out we're doing it. That's how bad the media is. Now, I got a chuckle the other day, and I want to leave this segment with a laugh. The other day, the media and Biden administration said they're concerned that Putin's determining what input can get into the media and what can't. Now, that, my friends, is hilarious. The people, the media and the Biden administration, the Democrat Party, who are in bed with the social media and the news organizations out there telling them what they can and can't do, or forcing them, or uh, leaning on them not to report information, is worried that Biden choose me. See, it's because Bi- it is Biden Putin. Same thing. Putin is doing what they do, and they don't like that. Do you guys think that's funny? Two six nine four four one nine five nine five. You listen live with Ring. You're alive live with Rank. Appreciate that very, very much. And let's talk a little bit more about education. It's being reported here that young children are continuing to miss key reading benchmarks at a higher rate than before COVID-19 pandemic. And this is according to studies. A group called Amplify Education Study said the number of students nationwide whose literacy skills are considered developmentally, quote, on track, end quote, Has not yet returned to pre COVID 19 levels. A greater percentage of elementary school students across all grades were deemed to have literacy skills that were, quote, far behind, end quote, and needed, quote, intensive intervention, end quote, compared to before the pandemic. According to again Amplify Education Study. We were told and they were we were told they were getting a great education. I specifically can see Whitmer now telling us how great of an education they were getting. It says similarly the percentage of students with below average reading proficiency scores in Virginia hit the highest levels ever recorded by the University of Virginia. Phonological awareness literacy screening in the fall of 2020, according to a UVA study, found what researchers called developmental, quote, especially alarming, end quote, and noted even as students made their way back to classrooms in the last school year, they were still grappling with the effects on education because of the school's shutdowns. The decline in reading proficiency was especially pronounced among who? Who do you think it was especially pronounced in? What group? The group that they say they care about more than you whiteys, black and Hispanic students. Quote, the decline in reading proficiency was especially pronounced among black and Hispanic students. English language learners, and economically developed and disadvantaged students, according to the UVA study, University of Virginia. So again, the ones they tell you they care about, they don't. Who kept the schools closed after science? Science in the summer of 2020. Science. Fauci, Fauci. And the head of the FDA both said, open the schools. Democrats. School administration, teachers unions and teachers, not all, but some, many said no. Don't you dare open these schools. And who was hurt the worst? Black, Hispanic, English language learners. Economically disadvantaged learners, students. They were hurt the worst, but they care. They care about your kids, don't they? Wisconsin teacher training. Here's just another example. I know it's in a different state, but this is why you need to be on top of what's happening at your schools. Wisconsin, Wisconsin, excuse me, teachers training literally said on the slide, parents are not entitled to know their kids' identities, end quote. Wisconsin School District told educators that parents are not, quote, entitled to know their kids' identities, end quote, according to a training slide obtained by a conservative watchdog group. And isn't that sad? It's the right that has to expose this, not the left. They don't want to uh, expose it or certainly don't try the Eau Claire area school district held an equity diversity and inclusion professional development session on February 25th, more money. That's not going to train or educate your kids. It's going into these pockets of these hustlers. It included a slide on safe spaces in the classroom. This is being reported by the federalist quote. This is on the slide quote. Remember parents are not entitled to know their kids identities. That knowledge must be earned. Teachers are often straddling this complex situation. In ECASD, our priority is supporting the student, end quote. They went on to say, that's why we shut down all the schools, not to teach the students, because we support the students. Uh, I'm paraphrasing on that one. So what, teachers? They earned it? Again, this is why you have to be on top of it. This was in a training slide. Remember, parents are not entitled to know their kids' identities. That knowledge must be earned. Teachers are often straddling this complex situation. In ECASD, our priority is supporting the student echo. Think about how the left is attempting to break that bond as much and as hard as they can between parent and child. You see it all the time now. Worse at schools. But isn't that what, was it Stalin? I can't remember. Or Lenin. Maybe it was Lenin. He said, that's what you got to do. You got to break the bond between the child and the parent and then re-educate that child. This is unbelievable. The superintendent said, quote, I have no comment, end quote. He did have, uh, I guess, some statement in which he said, our staff often find themselves in positions of trust with our students. The stat development present- presentation shared extensive data information to assist our staff members in our ongoing efforts to create a safe and supportive learning environment for all students. The ECASD prides itself on being a school district that makes all feel welcome and safe in our schools. Children are not safe in these schools. These are the worst schools to be in. They are not safe at all. They're trying to put a wedge between you and your child. I, I, I'm aghast. I, I just can't believe it. If this ever happened to me, oh, man. Are any of you guys out there seeing, hearing, or feeling that, that your school's trying to put a wedge between you and your kid? Now, I'd ask you to call in, but I have this interview with Dr. Gary Wolfram coming up right after this, but certainly after that, I'd love to hear from you. You're listening Live with Rank.